Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about it. We need to Louis. talk to someone about it. Hi, it's Mary here. This is Got to Be Done. I'm riding the wagon without Kate today, but with a very special guest instead. Dr. Liz Dufray is a senior lecturer in communications at UTS, and her specialty is music and sound design which is a very good reason to talk to her about Bluey. Liz, thanks so much for getting on board, got to be done. No problems, Mary. So let's go back to the start first. How did you stumble onto Bluey? And given your expertise, just how excited were you? <laughs> well, I stumbled onto it the way most people do, sort of, you know, with the little one in tow. Um, uh-huh. And we saw the previews. We saw it all leading up. We've been there since the beginning because, um, well, because I'm a music and sound person and I'm a TV person as well. That's what I write about a lot is TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my feelings on screen time for kids are maybe a little bit different to what most parents might be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you are speaking I'm, our language. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Well, it's a language that people are going to be able to speak, right? So, and ABC, you know, you think great and local content, you think great. And then, you know, you heard that that Dave McCormack was going to be in it and Miff Warhurst was going to be in it and all that stuff. So we've been watching from the very beginning. And, um, yeah, what really attracted me, apart from all of the other beautifulness about the way it's drawn and the stories they tell and just the fact that we hear Australian voices, you know, and mm-hmm. Australian um, accents and things like bin chickens and all of that stuff, which I love. You know, Disney's not get, Disney doesn't have a lot of bin uh, chickens in its in its Well, the, the, the confused Americans who keep contacting us about bin chickens, <laughs> but luckily, it's, I think they understand once we give them a you know half an hour rundown on a bin chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right. I mean, look, and the thing is, is you know, people can learn. You know what I mean? We've That's spent it. so much of our we've spent so much of our lives and our childhoods working out that, you know, it's a sidewalk a sidewalk is a footpath and all of that kind of stuff. We can translate back again, that won't hurt them. Oh, I never um, thought of it like that. But yeah, that's a good point. This is it, karma. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, totally. You know, the wiggles started at first by making them say banana rather than banana when they did fruit salad. Good point. Um, yeah, so they that's all right. They can learn a little bit of, you know. Australian English that won't hurt them and then it just you know starts from the theme song on you know it's just it's such a beautifully rich show in so many ways but the music and sound in particular is just so detailed and clever and really thoughtful you know that's what I really love about it it's really as you know with kids stuff you're inevitably watching it again and again and again Uh so it's not that you don't I, I find I don't just see something new I often hear something new and that's what I love about it. That is a really cool point. And then a few weeks ago, um, you took what you'd been learning in front of the TV yeah. with the kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, you presented at the Children's Media Symposium on the Sunshine yeah. Coast. Um, Joe Brum, I understand, was also a speaker there. So that's already yeah. hugely exciting. Um, yeah. But tell us about what your focus was in your presentation. Um, yeah, so the presentation was about trying to crack the code of why Bluey's so successful, you know, particularly successful with adults as well as kids. Like think sure. about something like Peppa Pig, for example, you never have to convince a kid about why Peppa is amazing, but you probably have to convince <laughs> 
adults about why <laughs> they should put up with with pepper you know um, um whereas we really don't have that problem with bluey and my idea was that it's because of the music and sound the way that um bluey's been put together with for one of a better word quite sophisticated or grown-up music and sound design so grown-up right. ideas and techniques it's not just not you know it's not to say that it's not done in a way that children can't understand but it's using reference points and techniques and styles that we, you know, are uh, used much more frequently in mainstream grown-up stuff, if you know what I okay. mean. I'm using really technical language <laughs> Grown-up stuff. That's, grown-up that's stuff. Where that's we're at. Yep. So you had some really good examples of that in your presentation. What's, what did you see Bluey as comparable with in what would be considered adult viewing? Yeah, well, I um, thank you. One of the big things when I write about um, screen sound or how, you know, mainstream um, mainstream screen media would use sound, one of the big things they do is they play with the idea of something that's diegetic or non-diegetic. And what that means is, is it music that we assume that only the people who are on screen can hear or is it music that's kind of played for the benefit of the audience but the people on screen can't hear it. And the difference would be if, for example, you see, you know, um, a, a bunch of people on screen and they're dancing to a band and you can see the band in the shot, then we assume that they can hear that music. Yeah. But if you're watching Jaws, say, and you see, you can only see somebody out on the surfboard in the water, you assume that that person can't hear the big strings going dun it, dun it. Like that music's just yes. us. That's non-diegetic. That's to tell the audience what to know rather than to tell the character. And what's okay. really important about that little difference is it means then that as audiences we relate to the characters in different ways because if we can hear what they hear, if it's diegetic, it's like we're all on the same page, we're all having the same experience. But if we hear something that they don't, then we – some. I mean that can build suspense or it can build tension or it can build comedy, you know what I mean? And it gives us just a little bit more, you know, it, it lets the audience kind of know something that the character doesn't. And so it then draws us in a little bit differently. And what yeah. I find is that uh, what I find is that um, Bluey plays with those types of things, which are quite, I mean, they're very, if you think about it, the things that, you know, again, in grown up media is used a lot, but kids programming doesn't tend to use that that much. Having watched a lot of TV and film and all that kind of thing, I'd never even thought about those concepts before. And they are, you know, the music in those kind of things you take for granted. Then to start playing with it, it does make it almost confusing to the viewer. You have to start thinking about it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, you talking about that. I'm already thinking of so many examples in Bluey. I'm sure our listeners are too. But what was your (laughs) favourite example of that? (laughs) Well, I mean, and favourites are always so hard to pick. And now the ABC's asked us to pick favourites for Christmas and we're already having arguments. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, but <laughs> the one I cho- Yeah, I know. The one I chose for the presentation was just the very first episode, The Magic Xylophone. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, I will now play for you the Rondo a la Turca. <laughs> Yes. And the reason I picked that was because there's this little classical piece, um, Mozart's Rondo a la Turca, which is the Turkish dance, which is, gets played a lot anyway. It's not an original piece of music by any means. Mm-hmm. But if you have a look and a listen to the way it features in that episode, there's times when it's meant to be for Bluey and Band and Bingo in the playroom, and then there's times when it's meant to be for us, the audience. You know what I mean? Like it's and, yeah. and the reason that is, I think, is to give us a sense of 
where they imagine the game to be and then where we're meant to imagine the game to be. Because if we're really to break it down, we know that Bandit's not actually playing the xylophone. He's playing Bluey and pretending. But once yes. we hear the music, as rich as it comes across, then we get dragged into the fantasy. You know, we get dragged into that imaginary world that they're, that they're creating. Hey, piano! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm terribly sorry. I seem to be having a little bit of trouble with my piano. So it just makes yeah. it a lot more believable and a, not, a lot more real. And then there's times where they play with it. So after a while, you're like, oh, is this the game? Is this not the game? And that's what's so much fun about it, you know, because after a while as an audience member, I find myself looking at that going, oh, I don't actually know. And then, you know what, it actually doesn't matter. They're, they're playing a game. Isn't it nice to just get lost <laughs> in the world of the game, you know? Absolutely. And I think Magic Xylophone set up that whole first season so well with its mm. playing with the classical music. Um, yeah. You focused on it for your presentation, but was that hard when there's so much good music across oh, so many episodes? So many. so many. I could write a book on Bluey's music. So, you know. <laughs> write a book already. So, oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. No, well, because if you think about it, and again, it, it comes down to like, so screen studies, when academics write about screen studies, they've written, I mean, there's been not just one book, but thousands of books written on, say, Star Wars. Uh-huh. And you know what I mean? If you think about it, and that's just the first three one, three movies, that's before they even got sure. to the other stuff. You know, but there's a lot of those same techniques that have been used in Bluey. So if you think about it, for example, um, often episodes will have their own theme for a character. So and that's called yeah. that's called a leap motif. What we what uh-huh. we use is a, a way to kind of recognise a character or a place, and that's not and that's no different to in Star Wars if you hear you know Luke Skywalker's theme or you know Darth Vader's theme or whatever. Sometimes you hear the music before you see the character and you go, oh, I know that's coming back, you know. And that right, happens okay. in Bluey, you know. Like if you think about, um, I mean, there's so many, there's so many examples of that. But I think yeah. about, you know. Poor little bug on the wall. <laughs> no one to love him at all. Ding ching. No one to tickle his toes. Ding ching. No one to blow his nose. <laughs> that little thing becomes, you know, a little a little motif, a little recurring theme that gets used to help build that story. You know what I mean? So, and that's just one episode. You know, in, in it seems like in so many different episodes, there's so many different ways that the music has been used to develop either a character or yeah. a game or a place, you know? Um, our long-time listeners would know it's Kate who's the music expert rather than me, but I'm trying <laughs> to think now. Um, I know that maybe the Healer House has a theme that kind yeah. of plays from episode to episode, but are there Lee motifs for characters that cross episodes or it's always a new one for each episode from what you've um, seen? I think I'd have to have a big think about that. I know that, and, and this is where I, you know, with your excellent connections, Mary, if you can just ask them to put out a soundtrack so that we can, you know, go back and track it That properly. is what we need. We do. We absolutely do. I think so. I mean, there's those kind of little beautiful moments, and I'm not even really sure what to call the music, but, you know, you know those little moments where um, bingo, it tends to be bingo that has a little realisation. Yeah. You know, yep. there's, there's kind of a little theme to that. There's a little theme. I mean, sometimes they're just variations on the theme tune. 
So sure. after you go from the theme tune into the healer house, often it's just a little, it's basically the theme tune, but played a little bit more slowly or with a slightly different key change or something like that, you know, and that's very common for TV. That's the thing that TV does most often because yep. most TV really just works with its theme tune and doesn't really, doesn't really bother having music for everything else, you know? Yeah, that's um, a good point. Yeah. But I mean, and, and what's interesting about this for Bluey is it's just, it's so unusual for kids apart from anything else. Like, you know, I didn't, when I was putting the presentation together, I didn't want to make fun of other things. You know, it's easy to kind of play like a pig. But, <laughs> but I mean, Pepper is what it is. It's deliberately quite simple. And I think that's what kids like about it. But if you compare it to something like Dougie, for example, Hey Dougie, they okay. use those musical themes. They use really individual musical themes in different episodes really distinctly. But it's almost like they're right. little musicals. Like, okay. you know what I mean? They're almost like little episodes of Glee. So the one that sticks ah. to me is, you know, the I mean, and I'm sorry, this is going to get stuck in people's heads if they might, but you know the stick <laughs> song, the stick, stick, stick. I mean, that doesn't appear anywhere else, but it's just a thing that obviously whoever's putting it together went, this will be fun. Let's do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And kids love it and repeat it and ask for it. Oh, yeah. That's it. But I'd say it's not that different to, you know, let's have a Madonna episode on Glee or let's have a musicals episode on Buffy or whatever, you know. Like it's we we do that in grown-up media too. Oh, man. I think we said early on we'd love to see a full Buffy-style musical episode of Bluey and, yeah, surely, surely they've taken note of that and that's coming in season two right (laughs) yeah well we'd hope so and when we say um they we've talked so much about it I've got to be done we know it's Joff Bush and his team who put just so much into each score um yeah have you enjoyed kind of exploring who's behind the music yeah yeah and it's I mean the, the problem is is that it's it's so hard to kind of tie that down and it seems to be like they'll in, in the credits they'll list like the it, unless it's one person who's worked on one episode it's hard to say who's done what yeah you know? so I'd really like to dig into that at more and it was your episode with was it Joe you were talking to about the bike and the use That's of right. for joy oh the button is unpressing Bingo. Now, to me, that's one of my favourite episodes because of that, but I hadn't realised that that wasn't the original idea. There must just be so many moments where the light bulb, the musical light bulb turns yeah. on. Um, yeah. Is, is there one question you'd just love to ask Joff Bush? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would be how, like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg for him? Like, does he sit down and have an idea for a bit of music and then take it you know, to Bluey. And make like it to fit Bluey, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or does it work the other way around, you know? And I, and then also, too, how do you think of something like Ode for Joy? Because my understanding of that, which is the good and the bad thing about particularly TV sound, is there's no, there's never any money for music. Like, nobody ever thinks yes. it's always the last thing that people do. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you know, reading between the lines, Ode for Joy was used because they couldn't afford what they actually wanted. But, <laughs> but. What's so amazing about it is it works because it works because it's so well known, but it also works because it's classical. And same with you know in my Magic Xylophone, I think 
anytime there's there's always this, a little bit of panic around kids media about you know should we be learning something and people tend yes. to think we're going to learn a bit more if it's a bit of a classical music <laughs> which is not <laughs> you know which is pseudoscience at best but you know it also never hurts right and, and so for me that's what I love about Ode to Joy sitting there it's like there's just so much baggage in that song which is wonderful she's gonna do it she's gonna do it I don't know about you, but the first time I heard it, I just laughed out loud. Yes. Like, this is so hilarious. You know, you couldn't get anything more grand and pompous <laughs> and more kind of, you know what I mean, more over the top. Yeah, and yet it's just so perfect. It's um, mm. it's a mystery. But, but I think also back to your theory about how it then um, ma- connects with adults, I think it's been used in so many films, including yeah. um, Die Hard which yes. gets referenced again in other episodes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's just so many nods, not only for the um, Beethoven fans out there, but, <laughs> but for more, um, more mainstream kind of uh, media as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the beautiful thing about it is, like with Magic Xylophone, you don't have to be watching, listening, going, oh, I know that that is Rondo Alaturka or I know that that is Ode for Joy and that's better or whatever. You just need to be able to say, well, I've heard that before, you know what I mean? And particularly, yeah. I mean, the fun I had in writing that paper was finding the other places that the Rondo had appeared in as well, you know, because that's okay. used in screen quite a lot as well. So it was everything from How I Met Your Mother to um, The Truman Show to it was in, I think it was in the last, um, what are they called, Incredibles? Yeah, like um, all of those. Okay, that's well, we haven't done Magic Xylophone as an episode on Gotta Be Done yet, but I know Kate and I are really looking forward to our big connection for Rondo Alaturka was it gets played in the Colin Firth Pride and Prejudice. <gasps> oh, oh my god, how did I forget that? <laughs> which oh, was uh, which is a big part of our um of, of our cultural life. <laughs> of course. So, so of yeah, course. it's just no matter what angle you're coming at Bluey from, um, it's ticking boxes. <laughs> yeah. But see that's what's so amazing about it too, is that use of music that already exists next to music that doesn't because there's lots of original music in that episode yeah. too and in all the others is that's it it's like it's 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 like acknowledging that there's more than one person watching this you know what I mean so you yep. can absolutely yep. be giving you've got to have things that are going to do jobs for different people and mm-hmm. I mean you, you know lots of lots of children's media is aware of this if you watch something like Sesame Street there's a joke for the adults and a joke for the kids and yeah you know all of the old ones the you know Hanna-Barbera was really good Bugs Bunny was really good at all that kind of stuff but I kind of feel like sometimes and again to go back to something like Pepper we kind of have forgotten that a little bit or something like Baby Jake you know Baby Jake yeah was just, there's, I don't know about you and with respect to the people that make Baby Jake, but there is just, 
they out there's nothing there. in that oh. for anybody who's older than two and a half you know <laughs> even well, though there's some got to be someone in the room who's older than two and a half while it's happening you know um i think pepper is getting wiser to the adults um perhaps they know that there's a podcast out there about pepper now so <laughs> giving them content um oh, but but um yeah, but that's after so many seasons. I guess the surprising thing about Bluey was it was just straight out of the blocks. It already yeah. had all those things sort of tied up with a bow. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And how wonderful. I mean, you know. Yeah. Liz, you said it was the little person in your life that first got mm-hmm. you to Bluey and you've got them to thank for all the future books you will be writing. Yes. Um, but <laughs> or to you're... blame. She's, she's going to be a tax dodge. <laughs> you know, that's how we do it. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, even more tax dodges coming because you've got yeah. a second little one on the way. Yeah, um, congratulations. Right. And how excited are you about bringing a new person into the world that knows nothing about Bluey and you'll be able to introduce them to it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it'd be pretty good. Although I have a terrible feeling that maybe, I mean, maybe this one, I don't know, is is the next act of rebellion to hate the cartoons (laughs) your parents hate. (laughs) Possibly. Yeah, my my daughter has, you know, disappointed us greatly because for a long time she couldn't care less about the Muppets. We're working around. Okay, But, you know, I think she could kind of feel my desperation for her to like it. And went, nah, I'm not doing this. So, you know. Right. Okay. But you have had more success with Bluey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, she um, she's very, very obsessed. So, you know, it's one of those things, as I'm sure in your household, you kind of had to, you had to be on board, but it's nice that it's not a chore. What have we got here? It's a drumstick. Oh, you beauty. Um, Liz, you, you've listened to the podcast, so you'd know up yeah. until now it's pretty much just been me and Kate getting more obsessive every week. We did mm-hmm. let um, we did let Joe Brum in to give us his perspective, which mm-hmm. I thought was generous of us at the time, it was but it was kind. also very yes. generous of him. Yes. <laughs> um, we're loving bringing a few more uh, bluey. Is obsessive too strong a word for you? Do you think no, you fit that? It. Yep. Okay. Oh, great. Well, <laughs> so we're loving bringing a few more obsessives into the fold. Um, we're trying to ask everyone a few of the same questions, just rapid sure. fire. Yep. So um, let's go. Favorite character? <sighs> so hard. So hard. I mean, <laughs> it depends what day. I don't. I don't yeah. know. I can okay. take it. Really depends what day. I'm sorry. Well, then this one's almost as bad. Favorite episode. Well, no, this one, the bike still got got my heart. Okay, you're, you're yeah. on team got to be done then. That's great yeah. to know. Favourite yeah. quote? Oh, it's a tactical we. Yeah. We use the tactical we a <laughs> lot like in our a house. life-changing quote, man. Oh. The number of toddlers being toilet trained with tactical we. Yeah, that's Thank right. You, that's right. That's so right. It, yeah, it's that one or it's I've got bum worms, which also, you know. <laughs> oh, bandit. <laughs> just what I love about it is it's just so – you know, you can see it coming and then the way they commit to it later, like he's got yeah. a little scratch later and a scratch at the <laughs> oh. end. Like it's just so unnecessary. It's excellent. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, you've mentioned The Muppets, but when you were a kid, what was your favourite kids' TV? Um, yeah, that's, it probably was The Muppets, you know. Probably oh. was The Muppets. There was lots of stuff around. But, yeah, The Muppets is what I remember most and kind of hold on to and have done my best to try and pollute any little child in my <laughs> orbit with. So well before just... I had kids, I was I was menaring to anybody that would listen. So. <laughs> oh, well, that's we need more menaring in our life. That's great. Yeah. Um, 
what do you need to see in season two? What are you really hanging out for? I mean, let me see. That's a that's a big question. I don't know. I kind of like how I've been surprised so far. I mean, there's little ordinary things. Mm-hmm. Like it would be nice. Nobody's had a birthday yet, really. It'd be nice to have a little birthday True. party or something like that. Um, but that's pretty ordinary. Nobody's gone to school or to play group or to no, like nobody's had to go and you know transition yeah yeah like I know that I know that both of the girls have been like they go to daycare when they brought um Bob Bilby back and all that kind of stuff but it might be nice to see somebody go to school or although I don't know how they're going to run it like they might just make it like the Simpsons and have them never get old never age yeah yeah um that's a tricky one isn't it because you want that you want to see them grow but um but yeah possibly not grow out of the program (laughs) no that's right um what piece of music would you most want in a score and why? Should they be oh. doing some manamanats? That seems like something dogs can get their <laughs> mouths true, around. <laughs> true. That'd be fun. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this Christmas special. If uh-huh. they kind of blueify, blueify, would that be the word? If they get some Christmas carols in and what they oh, do with that those. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's interesting too that they don't, they haven't really used like other nursery rhymes. You know, True, like, yeah. Bingo so, makes her own up, really, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'm a digger, strong and tough. Beep, beep, beep. Get out of my way. I need to dig the ground today. <sighs> Which again, I don't know if they're doing because they want to be deliberately different or you know, what it is. And every time, obviously, they use music that's not their own, it costs them money. Um, Mm. And when you've got somebody as beautiful as Joff and as talented as Joff and his team, why would you use, you know, hickory dickory dock when you can make up something? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, I don't don't know. It would be interesting to kind of see if they did play with any of that stuff. Oh, there's so much to look forward to. Um, it's going to be a bit exciting when we yeah. finally have new episodes um, sometime next year. Yeah. But in yeah, the meantime, do you think you could probably go a few more rounds of watching the current ones? Well, I mean, it's not a matter of choice, really. <laughs> and, and when the books have come out and all the all of those, then they get on repeat too and everything. So we've been oh, watching well. a lot of The Beach. So um, that's okay. I'm the fruit bat. It's good we can embrace our fate so wholeheartedly. <laughs> That's true. Yes, it could be. It could be a lot worse. Look, Liz. On that note, thank you so much for joining. Got to be done. Um, no we worries. look forward to your many books and everything else <laughs> <laughs> about the academics of Bluey to come. And um, yeah, keep good luck with the new little one and introducing them to the world of Bluey as well. Thanks so much, Mary. I'll be listening. <laughs> Great to chat. <laughs> thanks, In the meantime, it's got to be done. Bye. Okay. Bye. Oh, well, what have I got left to lose? <laughs>